Hey everyone, Pastor Luke here. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hope you guys are having an amazing day so far. Thank you for tuning in to our online service on Christmas Day. And uh, our intention is to help you celebrate what this day is all about, Christmas Day. I'm sure you've opened up presents. Maybe you had a Christmas Eve opening of presents. Maybe it was this morning, stockings and wrapping paper everywhere. Maybe you're just hanging out. Maybe you're all alone today. Your family is somewhere else and you couldn't be with them. Whatever the case is, Merry Christmas. And don't forget that Jesus is the reason for this season. That's our whole intention. I don't know about you, but I really do. I appreciate Christmas. I love Christmas. I actually get into some trouble occasionally because I start listening to Christmas music in June or July. It comes up in shuffle mode and I just don't shut it down. I love it. I enjoy it. Here's the deal though. Christmas is intended to bring people out of their normal routines to celebrate and to commemorate what it's all about. It's all about Jesus and not just at Christmas, but all the time. It's always all about Jesus Christ. Did you know that in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus? It's all about him. Every story, every principle, every picture is about Jesus Christ. And so on this holiday, this day, my intention is to also help you refocus on Jesus, who is the reason for this season. I've got lots of memories of good Christmases from days ago. As a matter of fact, one Christmas, I remember I was about seven, living in Bend, Oregon. And as we were there in Bend, Oregon, my cousins were visiting and we got these gifts given to us. It was the latest, greatest technology of the day, a flashlight. Okay, all the kids got flashlights and we got these flashlights in our stockings and it snowed about 18 inches that day and so we went outside at night and dug these snow tunnels and these holes and we had our flashlights digging around. I just remember Christmas. It was so good and so fun and so awesome and here's the deal though. Every one of us have Christmas memories that remind us of those times that we spent with one another but it really comes down to focusing our attention on Jesus Christ. My favorite author of the scriptures, if you could have one, is John. I love John because John was with Jesus. John was a friend of Jesus. John was unlike you and I. He was there as an eyewitness, somebody who listened to Jesus and learned from him and then spoke about him. And so in the gospel of John, we learn so much. And John wanted us to know that we know that we know who Jesus is. One of the most famous verses in all the scriptures is John 3, 16. I'll, I'll quote it to you. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe, that's the key word, believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now here's the deal. John records this story and no other gospel writer records it. Matthew doesn't include it, Luke doesn't include it, Mark doesn't talk about it, just John. John includes this story because when John wrote his epistle, he wrote with this intention, that everyone around him would come back to and focus on Jesus Christ. They wouldn't miss him, that they would be turned to him, and that's the whole goal. And so when he gave that verse, the most famous verse in the world, John 3, 16, it's a story where Jesus was speaking to a man named Nicodemus. 
And Nicodemus was the guy who knew what to do and everything right. And he knew what not to do and everything wrong. And not only did he know the two, he was able to accomplish it. Nicodemus never did anything wrong, never fell into doing things that he shouldn't do. And he did the things that were right. Yet when Jesus was talking to him about heaven, Jesus said, no one's going unless you're born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? How can these things be? And that's when Jesus dropped that bomb on him. You know how these things can be? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He began to teach, Jesus did, God in the flesh, Nicodemus and other people, how we can celebrate Christmas properly by receiving that gift from the Father, believing it, not just receiving it passively, but receiving it actively. To receive, to believe, and check this out. John wrote a few more chapters, chapter four and five and six in his whole book. When he got to chapter 20, John said, you know what I wrote these things down for? He said, there's so many other stories I could have included, but these I did include and this I did write for this reason, that you would believe and that by believing you would have life in his name. John concluded for us as we celebrate Christmas, I wrote down what I wrote so you would believe what I said and if you believe, you'll live. And when you finally believe and finally have life, oh, oh, all of it makes sense. Until then, it doesn't make sense at all. Christmas is come and go. Holidays don't seem to matter. Events rise and fall, but until Jesus becomes the reason for not just this season, but all things, until that, John would say you don't really even have that life abundantly, at least not yet. Here's the deal. John went on to say something crazy in 1 John. He said God sent his son so we would believe, and that we then would believe in him and then give our lives as love towards other people. He wrote what he wrote to motivate you and I to have life, to seize the day. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to be motivated. I forget, I need to be energized. As a matter of fact, I've got three little kiddos and I am constantly trying to motivate them to live life and to enjoy life to the utmost of their abilities. I'm their coach also. I coach soccer and wrestling and other things. And I know that my kids, I bet they've got potential in them to enjoy the sport if they would just receive it as I see it. So one of the ways that I motivated my kids this year, I said, all right, kids, here's the deal. You're all great soccer players. I appreciate you. But I want you guys to really play and to enjoy it as much as I know you can. So I'm going to reward you. For every goal you score during the season, I'm going to give you $5 each. Now their eyes got about as big as pumpkins. They saw five bucks per goal. They began to shoot and kick and steal and do whatever they could in order to accomplish these goals. As a matter of fact, on one Saturday, I think I lost over $50 to my kids because of goals that they had scored. And as a, at the end of the year, I had given more than $100 to my kids for goals that they had scored. But I didn't lose the money. It was an investment into them or that they would be motivated to, to play the sport, to, to enjoy to the degree that is possible. That is soccer. It's a silly illustration. But God has to motivate you and I as well. And he says, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you my son. 
so he can pay for your sins, so he can live the life you couldn't live, and then die the death you should have died, and then rise from the dead victorious over your sin and over our death. Jesus Christ. And he said, not just that. It's not just that you get to go to heaven when you die, but you get to live on purpose because you've believed and received. It's the simple gospel. That's what Christmas is all about. And as Jesus Christ gave his life for you, if you receive it and believe it, everything changes. Everything changes. Let me read to you out of 1 John chapter 3. Here's what he says. It's another 316 verse. 1 John 316. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us, oh, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This motivation. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe, believe, believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us the commandment. Did you notice that last part? John. John is almost a hundred years old when he wrote this down. He said, guys, I was with Jesus. He died for you. Please believe it. And don't just believe it passively, Christians, non-Christians, but believe it actively. That is the command to believe, to receive, then to live, then to love. It's that simple. To believe, to receive, to live, to love. The next step of our Christian journey, the next step of this Christmas day is to actually love one to forgive those who've hurt you, to, to accept those that you have not yet accepted, to, to serve those who you are so selfishly wanting to serve you, to do what Jesus has said would actually make your life count. I need the motivation just as much as you do, just as much as my kids do. The motivation is Christ, the gift of life given to you and given to me. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why you tuned in today. That's why thousands of years ago, the wise men traveled miles and miles on foot in order to seek the king. Why the shepherds heralded those songs and received the message from the angels. Why men and women for thousands of years given everything for the cause of Christ. It's our turn now. It's our turn. It's 2016. It's coming to an end. And I would challenge you during this Christmas season. Believe. Receive. Live. And love love you very much. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to love like Jesus loved me. That's the commandment he's given to you. So Merry Christmas. God bless you all. I appreciate you very much. We'll see you in the next year. Merry Christmas. came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper, um, 
for a place to stay, the keeper said, We have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world.